0: Hey friend, do you want to offer meaningful learning solutions that create behavior change, fit in the flow of work, and yield real results for your nonprofit? If yes, this is the podcast for you. Join me as I explore instructional design and leadership development best practices, as well as change management, belonging, and influence. If we haven't met yet, I'm Heather, and I've been in your shoes. I'm a learning and development consultant and founder of Skillmasters Market, before starting my business, I led learning and leadership development initiatives for a large national nonprofit. I know what it's like to need to develop your staff quickly and effectively and to build the relationships and cut through the organizational layers to be successful. And I'm bringing all of that to you and this podcast. So block your calendar, turn off your Teams or Slack chat, and let's dive in. It's learning for good. If you've been around this podcast for a bit, you know how much I talk about training as an avenue to create trusting relationships and psychological safety in your nonprofit. But what do you do when the training is big, meaning you have a lot of people who are attending and it becomes harder to build those relationships? If the training is more than, say, 10, 12 people and you aren't sure, how to make it feel more intimate so that those relationships can be built, today's episode is for you. And that's what I want to talk to you about. At the beginning of 2023, I took a course to learn more about podcasting, so not really related probably to the training that you are doing in your nonprofit. But the person who led the training allowed up to 50 people in each cohort. That's a big number, 50 people. And yet she did this all while maintaining a personal touch and facilitating lasting relationships for those of us who attended the training. And so I wanna share a few of the things that she did that I think you can do too so that we can make those large cohorts of learners feel a bit more intimate in 2024. Are you ready? Let's dive in. It's learning for good. Okay, so I took this podcasting course in 2023. And just for some background, the course was blended. So we had self-paced e-learning modules that we had to complete each week. And then we also had one live virtual session with the facilitator each week as well. And the course was 12 weeks long, okay? So we had e-learning modules each week and then that one live virtual session with the facilitator each week for those 12 weeks. The facilitator was really a coach and she acted more as a coach during those live virtual sessions. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that in this episode as well. But she allowed 40 to 50 people in each cohort. Yet I was able to walk away from that course with a good relationship and personalized learning from her, as well as lasting relationships with some of my peers in that cohort. There are people that I still talk to today. So how did she do it? I want us to dissect that today because I think there are real lessons and what she did in this podcasting course that we can apply in nonprofits. So the first thing I want to share from day one, she paired us into smaller pods. So while there might've been 40, 50 people in a group, she was grouping us into smaller pods of four to five people. And our goal within that pod was really to encourage each other and cheer each other on. And so we, in this pod, we could ask each other questions throughout the week. If we were completing an e-learning course and something came up and we weren't really sure what to do about it, they were there. And we did all of that through Voxer, which is a voice messaging app, but we were able to communicate with the smaller group throughout the experience. We also were allowed to, she kind of encouraged, if you wanted to, Meet with your pods over Zoom. And so once a week, my little pod of four to five people, we would get on Zoom and we would talk about what we had accomplished or what questions we still had or what we still needed to do. And sometimes it was like, hey, we're overwhelmed and just a little bit of venting. And sometimes it was like, hey, I have this really particular thing that I just need someone else's objective opinion on. Right. And so we were able to go through that experience together and we were really invested in each other's experience. And this small group setting is what allowed us to build those stronger relationships. So the first thing is pairing larger groups into smaller groups. The next thing is we use technology. So Voxer, this voice messaging app, was a great way for us to connect with each other outside of the sessions without feeling like we were interrupting someone else's day. Because remember, at the beginning of this experience, we were friends. We didn't really know each other. I had never met any of them. And so this allowed us to send and receive messages without disrupting each other. But it was still accessible, right? It's just as as accessible as receiving a text because it's an app on your phone, but it's a separate app. So it allows you to kind of feel like you have more control over going and checking it versus a text message sometimes feels like it interrupts you, right? So the same type of thing could be done in other apps or technology like WhatsApp or discussion board platform in your LMS, or if you have a knowledge management platform of some sort, Teams, Slack, right? There are a lot of different ways that you can use technology. There are so many different tech options at our disposal that that can sometimes be overwhelming as well, but we have a lot of options. We just have to figure out how we want to use them to create that intimate learning experience. Okay. So the first thing was she put us in smaller groups. The second thing is we used technology. Now, the next thing I wanna talk about is we were able to submit questions for her ahead of each live virtual session. So again, we were going through those self-paced e-learning modules each week and then attending that live virtual session with her. If questions came up as we were going through those e-learning modules or the experience in general, we were able to submit those to her. And then she would read those questions and provide coaching or feedback to us on the call. And so that allowed her to provide real-time personalized coaching and learning to any participant who wanted it imagine if your learner showed up to a training and received real-time personalized coaching and learning they would have so much autonomy and clarity as they start to implement whatever it is they're learning that's huge okay so the next thing is we have access to additional supports so in addition to those e-learning modules and the live virtual sessions and the pods, she also had another facilitator who offered weekly office hours calls. This was optional. We didn't have to attend, it was once a week, but it gave us a place to jump on and ask questions if we needed to. And sometimes those questions were more logistical, like or technical even, like, how do I access this file? Or how do I troubleshoot this system? And some were more tactical about how to implement what we were learning. And sometimes we could just ask questions until we could more fully formulate the question we wanted to ask in that live virtual session so that we got the most out of, our, out of that time together. This provided a high-touch experience where we felt supported in our learning journey. And I believe nonprofits can do that too. We can provide those additional supports so that the learner feels supported from the beginning to the end of their learning journey. So those were the four things that I wanted to pull out from my experience in this larger cohort, that I think we can all apply. Again, one, she paired us into those smaller groups. Two, we use the technology available to us. Three, we were able to submit questions for her ahead of each live virtual session. So we got that real-time personalized coaching and learning. And then four, we had access to additional supports outside of the quote-unquote structure of the course. Now, hopefully, as I share these examples, you were thinking of ways you could incorporate these methods into your own training offerings. But if you're still not sure, schedule a call with me so we can discuss those options. I truly believe L&D has a role to play in creating trusting relationships across the organization. So not making your training feel more intimate just seems like a huge missed opportunity. And I don't want you to miss that opportunity. I'll drop my call link in the show notes in case you want to just explore what those options might be for you. I get that it can feel overwhelming. I get that it takes time. I get that it takes resources. And I get that it might require buy-in or even a new skill set for your facilitators, but it's worth it. All right, that's it for today, short and sweet. Hopefully it gave you a nice little break from emails or meetings, or maybe you're listening on your morning commute and it made that commute a little bit happier. Whatever the case is, I hope you enjoyed it today and I'll see you next time on Learning For Good. Hey friend, was this episode helpful for you? Did you like what you heard? Do you want more content like this? Here are three things you can do. Hit subscribe. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. Share this episode with a colleague. This means so much to me personally. I read every review, but it also helps me learn what content you like most so I can create more of what you want. All right, turn that Teams or Slack chat back on when you're ready and I'll see you next time on Learning for Good.